All right. Well, let's okay. do this. Let's do it. When I say brown, you say kids. Okay. Brown. Kids. Brown. Kids. When I say mad. I say witty. Yes, you do. Mad. Witty. Mad. Witty. Anyway, this is the intro to Brown Kids. Mad Witty. Episode two, Jay. We did it. This is crazy. Um, there's a pod stream up on iTunes with our illustrated phases on it which is pretty crazy. We look really attractive. <laughs> uh, I find it best that you don't define too many of our features when drawing us. I think we look cooler that way. But yeah, shout out to Brittany for that logo. If you're listening, you're awesome. You're so awesome. You're so awesome. Um, so here's what I want to say today. And hopefully Jay agrees. Um, for those who don't know, Andre 3000 did a GQ interview a few weeks ago. And he talks about a lot of things. Um, some of which includes making Anita Baker t-shirts, which is something I wish I had thought of because Anita Baker is that lady. And if you haven't heard Rapture, go download that immediately. Um, but in addition to t-shirts, he talks about how he has stopped making music, um, how he will not release any music that he has recorded since The Love Below because he feels it is subpar compared to his previous output and that he doesn't feel like he has the pulse on what is cool and what is good and what is hip anymore. So that got me thinking about what it means to age, first of all, in hip hop as someone who is predominantly known as a person who records music and what one can do to sustain your longevity when you, when your output has dipped or when you feel like you don't want to have any musical output anymore, how does one stay relevant? And I think we have a few examples of people who are already doing that, who have done that historically to uh, a very high level, and people who have done it to maybe uh, not such a high level. I think we can mostly agree on that. Um, so I just, Jay, I just wanted to chop it up about people we think who are um, doing it well, doing it and doing it and doing it well. That's a shout out to LL who may or may not be. And uh, people who aren't, what do you think about that? Let's do it. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about is um, branding. There's a notion that I think you can probably agree with that um, being a brand in rap now is more important than being a rapper. Yay or nay? Yay. <laughs> Yay. Um, I think, and again, this is this is just one man's opinion, but this man in particular feels like there are some artists who have even fessed up to this in interviews with the press that um, they'll say that I'm not a rapper, I am a rock star, or I am uh, a creator, I am an artist, which is odd for someone who has like two rap mixtapes and nothing else to their name, but dude say that. For instance, um, I'm going to shout out Lil Yachty, and hopefully this is one of the few times we ever talk about Lil Yachty on this podcast. Let's never do it again. <laughs> but I feel like Lil Yachty is a good example of a new generation of artists who chooses branding over musical output. For instance, he had only released, I believe, one major mixtape before being signed on as, I want to say, creative director of Nautica. Does this sound familiar to you at all? No. No. <laughs> okay, well, it's true. Um, and then we all know that he dropped an album this year. Or do we know that? Did people miss that? Uh, people be- miss that. <laughs> because it was... Because people don't care about Lil Yachty. Um, no. 
No, it's hard to care about someone who drops um, music that's not good. So anyway, um, Yachty aside, as an individual, but he's an example of someone who is prioritizing being a brand. I think we can all agree with that based on how his record was received, how it was promoted, based on you know his Sprite commercials and his Nautica branding and things like that. So doing a lot at an early stage, knowing that you want to be a brand rather than being pigeonholed into being a rapper. Now, if you look at someone, for instance, um, someone who is focused primarily on music, like a Kendrick Lamar, who is also having a fantastic year. Great uh, year. So good. Shout out to that damn... Uh, nomination album of the yes, year finally yes let's get it Kendrick <laughs> um, so looking at Kendrick he is someone who is focused almost exclusively on music he's dropped at least three classic albums can we say that we can say that yeah are I you... mean you and I can say that there are people who disagree but we can say that's true that there are three classic albums um, quick aside has he dropped a bad project yet what's what's his worst project just like off the top of your head. Yeah, We're overly dedicated. A... OD? Yeah. Okay, I'm tempted to say Section 80. Ooh, it's my no. least favorite. It's not bad. <laughs> it's no, not a bad project. No, it's such, it's such a good project. It's, it's very good. It's fantastic. I, in a lot of ways, I think about that like basically as his first album. It's so good. It's really good. I, I mean, I personally just enjoy the OD more. But anyway, I don't want to get us too far in the weeds about Kendrick. But as an example of someone who has prioritized musical output, I think... I think Kendrick has shown a different path to becoming a brand because I think even just the name Kendrick means a lot. You can sell out just about any arena in this country by dropping the name Kendrick. You can have an extremely good promotional campaign for any brand that you have if you attach a Kendrick name or a Kendrick song. Um, just look at the NBA. I think they have promoted, cross-promoted with TDE at least twice, maybe three times and those promotional campaigns have been wildly successful. So that's one way to become a brand. Which I think brings up a pretty good point here, which is that like, how much does intentionality with branding matter? Um, intentionality seems really important here because, you know, whereas the point you bring up, and I'm going to confess to know nothing about Lil Yachty. Like, <laughs> don't care about that dude, don't know about that dude. I'm happy that I know so little about him. Sure. Um, but so someone like Lil Yachty, who's like going to try to be like really intentional about being a brand. Um, and as opposed to just building yourself from your strength. And so, you know, obviously rapping is not his strength, so he needs to be intentional about branding. But as opposed to Kendrick Lamar, as opposed to Kanye West, as opposed to Eminem, they are brands because of their music. Like they have built themselves like that is, a household name that is basically a brand because of their excellence in their craft. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll dive further into like what it means to be intentional as intentional as you, uh, spread your wings outside of the musical arena. Uh, but I think it's really relevant to think about like, you don't have to be intentional about branding to end up becoming a brand. Eminem does not care whether or not he's a brand, but he is a brand. Um, and I think the same thing is true of Kendrick. I don't think he cares whether or not he's a brand. I think that he wants to be like 
held and acknowledged for the level of thought and intelligence he brings into his music and and he is for sure known for that level of specificity for sure for sure what i'd actually like to talk about springboarding off of that is talking about artists who have maybe since you brought up eminem who have maybe set the tone for how to brand yourself um beyond the realm of music um a name that comes to mind immediately for me is 50 cent because i think i think he's the guy especially for the generation slightly younger than us who taught these people that music can be secondary to what you're doing because 50 came in to his major label debut as a brand and his brand was the guy that got shot nine times and didn't die and that's a great narrative to sell records and man did it work he sold what 11 million was it 11 he sold a lot it was a lot it was a good brand <laughs> by the way we are not advising you go out and get shot nine please times. no don't people have tried that since then uh, with mixed results uh, and no one has become the next 50 cent as a result so please don't do that the Proof album has a hilarious skit making fun of this, by the way. Hey, there you go. Shout out to Proof. Two pods back to back dropping Proof's name. I love it. We should keep this as a recurring theme. Yeah. Um, so 50, I think he's tricky because people look to him as an example for how to conduct their musical business. And that's that's hard to do for an anomaly, which I think 50 Cent is. Because his infrastructure was so incredible. I mean, he came into the Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iovine machine and got a co-sign not only from those two, but Eminem, who was at the peak of his powers, as we discussed in episode one. Um, And the fact that his first album was so good and remains to this day a classic and is an amazing record, um, that justifies every move he's made business-wise since then, even though his artistic output has, I think we can say, gone on a downward trajectory since that first album. Yes, and I want to pause and say, so what do you mean by has justified his trajectory? Because presumably you're talking about outside of music, his trajectory. So what do you mean by his first album justifies that? He's He gained so much equity from having that large of a sales number for his album, he can always say, I know how to promote things. Because not only did he sell that many albums, along that same timeline, that's when he made that vitamin water deal where he made a ton of money. Lots of money. And people looked at that and like, yo, 50 Cent is every bit the hustler that he says he is. And he worked he worked Coca-Cola and got that 50 mil. Now look at him, number one album in the country. He's got G-Unit popping. Who thought you could do that? But he did. And he's got that corporate money. So now it's like, oh, okay, that's what I'll do. I'll drop a project, I'll get some business stuff on the side, bam, I'm a brand, I'm the next 50 Cent. And there hasn't been one, really, since 50 did his thing. Which I also think takes away credit from 50's level of thought and insight. 50, to his credit, like dropped this classic album, but as you mentioned, had this downward trajectory, and I think that that's reflective of the fact that Music was never necessarily his passion. He was always a hustler. Like, this was a dude who came in to hip-hop, like, knowing it was going to be a step in the door to money that he wanted to make. Um, and he he has invested and trialed all sorts of different projects and has found success in, in various ones and has found failures in some of them. I, I am... 
correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, I believe there was a romantic black book series that 50 was like promoting is this true i i think this is something i remember um i i did not pick up that series yeah Um, i think it didn't take off didn't take off but but it gives you a sense of like he was spreading himself out and he was thinking about projects he was thinking about how to how to make money and not just make money but like through black culture which i think is actually also relevant and important Absolutely. And I think the more I think about 50 Cent, the more I think he represents exactly what we're trying to talk about. So I just want to quickly trace some of his decisions. Um, So when he makes his second album, again, this is not going to be a deep dive, I promise. He makes his second album. um, The Massacre. The Massacre, yes. And it's delayed because there is a business decision to help the game put out his project first. And in order to do that, he gave him some of the songs that he'd been working on for The Massacre. And to this day, 50 Cent will say, The Massacre wasn't as good because I gave some of my best stuff to Game. So if you think Game's album is a classic, that's on me. Which is pretty brazen. um, Because there's like 17 songs on The Massacre and none of them are as good as anything on uh, the Game's documentary album. IMO. Um, But so he does that. That's his business decision. He makes another... After his third album is coming out, because it's dropping the same day as what, Jay? Uh, hold up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm doing the math. I'm just trying to remember what order we're in. Late registration. Uh, no, it's graduation, graduation? bro. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. That's okay. Don't worry about it. So 50 Cent's dropping Curtis back in 07, the same day as graduation. And there is an entire entire marketing campaign surrounding what? This battle that they're having. Mm-hmm. The new school that Kanye West represents versus the old school Pink gangster. Pose versus gangster rap. Let's go. Exactly. Exactly. Kanye won. Kanye won in so many ways. And in hindsight, it's easy to see that marketing ploy. I mean, obviously, they were in cahoots together. I mean, that's that's been well documented at this point that they were both using that promotion to um, build up the hype for their albums. Jay's in shock. <laughs> I did not know this. I feel oh. duped. Sorry, man. Um, I don't know which side noticed that the sides are dropping at the same time, but one of them did and talked to the other half and was like, yo, let's do this thing. And um, so part of the whole hype was 50 Cent even said, I will retire from rap if Kanye beats me. He outsells me week one, which Kanye did. 50 Cent did not retire. He didn't. Spoiler. He (laughs) He maybe should have. He may, I mean, some could say that he did without him knowing it. Um, so, but again, so he makes that ploy to sell a bunch of records. He loses, but he does sell over, I think, half a million. Um, and Kanye goes on to sell a little over a million, I believe. Um, but after that happens, people listen to the records. And his 50 Cent's album, Curtis, not that good. Not that good. Again, a dip. So Massacre was a dip from Get Rich or Die Tryin'. Curtis is a dip down from The Massacre. And when we're talking dips, we're not talking about like, oh, you know, it's just not as good. We're talking about that was a bad project. What happened? 50, where you at? Um, G-Unit couldn't save you this time because G-Unit's still hot at this point. Is Curtis the album with Peep Show on it? Is Peep Show on that? I don't know. It's I don't a know. bad track. Go to Spotify <laughs> and then close your ears. Um, what's the Carnival Amusement Park? That's the name of that album, or that name of that song, Amusement Park. There's like an actual carnival noise at the beginning. It's like do 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 do. 
It's really terrible. That was the first single, I think. And I think it was, I know what you're talking it about. It was bad. It was bad, guys. So that's 50 Cent's next thing. And then he decides to sort of step back from music because he knows it's not being received as well. And he decides to double down on his brand, his persona, which is hustler, which is businessman. I know how to get deals done. He puts out a couple of books, I think um, 50th Law of Power or 50 Laws of Power, I forget Mm -hmm. the exact title. That comes out after that. And he's going on talk shows and interviews, doing the rounds, saying like, this is who I am. Also, I will get into beefs with people and ruin your career so that you look worse than I look, even though, because I'm on a downward trajectory. I know this deep down, but my brand can overcome that because it's bigger than my music. And I think that is an example that was also set for a lot of artists of like, if you're not doing so hot, just diss somebody or divert attention away from your music and say, yo, but I sold X number of records. I'm doing this and this with such and such person. I'm at fashion week. Like I'm good. Just cause you don't like my album. That wasn't even for you. That was for my fans. That was for me, you know, which is odd because if you go back and watch this interview that 50 dropped back in 2005, I think it was with MTV. He makes a statement about rappers that are like that. And he says, you make an album that people don't like and you say it's for you, that's corny. So you need to keep that in your car, keep it in your headphones. That's for you. Don't put that stuff out. And then to the fact that he's doing that and saying those things now is just, it's just crazy to me. But it's the same guy that said Ja was up singing duets with people and now 50 Cent's doing duets with who knows who now. I heard Ja had a show with Ashanti in Dallas recently. They went on tour together. I wanted to go and I, <laughs> I couldn't get a ticket. It was sold out. Great. Yo. Uh, by the way, so I want to just like pause for a second and just reflect on so like this topic that we're talking about, right? So which is like hip hop artists that are branching out and like what that means. Um, and we spent a little bit talking like deep diving into like 50 as an example. Um, let's talk a little bit about whether or not there's like a goodness or badness yeah. to this. Break it down. Do you think it's good or bad? Yeah. So I have strong opinions, but I don't want to like, yeah. you know, Patrick's got strong opinions. He's had, <laughs> he's over... had strong opinions from jump about this. <laughs> I don't want to overpower so, your opinions. Go ahead. Here's what I think. I think it depends on who we're talking about. So I actually think that like, whether or not like these hip hop artists with like significant power within hip hop, um, moguls, um, are a good or a bad thing depends on which mogul we're talking about. Arguably, Dr. Dre is a bad mogul. Ooh, how so? So, when I think about when I think about like, so what is the function of a good hip hop mogul? Um, it's embedded like the word is right there, hip hop, right? right? And so when you stop being part of the culture, when you stop bringing the culture up, when you stop representing the culture, 
like you have now you are now no longer doing a service to hip-hop um and so you have like essentially used hip-hop to step up and then walked away from it um in a way that is a disservice to the community and to the culture and so dr dre i think is an example of a bad mogul because what he will do as he did with the album compton which was supposed to be detox and detox never happened you hear these rappers that you've never heard before um he did this with 2001 and he brings people on and you're like oh that's some those are some dope rhymes like these are some cool people and then they disappear dr dre has the power to put these people on he has the power to produce for them. He has the power to otherwise pay for other producers, big producers to produce for them. And instead he lets them kind of hang out dry. Um, and he doesn't bring them up. He doesn't put them on. And and then his focus instead becomes beats by Dre. <laughs> um, and fuck that, right? Like, you know, it's cool, Dre. Like you did your thing. You've done like, you put out some amazing music. You've done a lot historically for hip hop, and that is amazing. But like, now you're just a brand, um, and that is a bad thing for hip hop because Dr. Dre, right? So we've got a whole. I have not seen this show, by the way. Disclaimer, but the a whole HBO HBO show about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, um, and that is a disservice to light that should be shined on other artists and other people. That's a problem. That is a problem. And so, Dr. Dre's our example of a bad hip-hop mogul. Jay-Z is an example, in my mind, in general, and I know Patrick's going to have thoughts on this, but of a good hip-hop mogul. Um, so, I'm going to pause because I've been talking for a second. Jump. Sure. So, first of all, to your Dre point, super solid. I completely agree with you. We almost lost Anderson Pock. He was all over Compton, and he was like a super standout. And if Anderson Pac wasn't grinding after that came out, we would not have any Anderson Pac stuff. Dre was just like, here's Anderson, here's Kendrick, here's M, and some other stuff. And first of all, no one listens to Compton anymore. Like, it was it was cool for a hot minute. It's because it's not even on Spotify. It's not on Spotify. Fuck you, Apple Music. Exactly. Um, so... To your point, yes, he's not standing up for a lot of his artists. He's notorious for letting people die on his label. You get signed to Aftermath. It was a joke for years. Before Kendrick took off, it was a joke to sign to Aftermath. He would sit on the shelf for years. We're still waiting on that next Rakim album that was promised 15 years ago. You know how afraid I was when Kendrick signed on that dot of the oh. I was terrified. The entire internet was like, oh no, Kendrick, we love you. You just gave us a, a couple of dope projects. We love TDE. What are you doing? What are you doing? But he pulled it together and showed that he's you know, he's not the game. He had some he had some special language in his contract for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like um, Aftermath is more of a distribution partner than it is like I'm signed to your label. But that's a whole separate business conversation we can have for a different day. But talking about what makes a good mogul and what doesn't, I love your point about what it means to be a hip-hop mogul. Because I think that gets lost on people who want to reach mogul status. They want to shed the hip-hop part because they look at this Forbes list every year. And they want to be like the CEO of X company that makes billions of dollars. It doesn't say like business mogul. It just says mogul 
whatever your name is, and they want to be like that, which I can respect. But I, I don't feel like you need to divorce yourself from where you come from to attain any measure of notable success. And I think that happens all too often, especially with rappers, young ones even more especially, who want to branch out and become something more. They want to divorce themselves from the rapper category because they think it maybe has a negative connotation in the eyes of America. Um, because I think the idea of a rapper is such a vivid image in a lot of people's minds. I think they think, I'm not marketable if I'm rapper Lil Yachty, even though I just said Lil Yachty's name again. Dang, I gotta stop that. <laughs> I'm rapper Lil Uzi. Um, dang, I just said that again with someone I don't even like that much. Anyway, but you get what I'm saying. I'm rapper Quavo. Okay, I like Quavo. Uh, I'm rapper Quavo. I have to put out an album, but when I go into this business meeting, I can't be rapper Quavo. I am whatever his real name is. I don't even know. I'm real dude Quavo, and I have this idea for... <laughs> At the real Quavo. <laughs> At the real Quavo on Twitter. Uh, but I have this idea for this movie that I want to make, and it's going to be great. And he's doing that to please the person he's having the meeting with, and he's also doing it to better his brand. And I don't think rappers need to do that, because to your point about Jay-Z, he's never said anything aside from, I'm Jay, I used to hustle, I made rap music for 10 years, I'm a businessman. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman, you know? Yeah. And he's walked into boardroom after boardroom, never changing. And I, I I don't see why people look to the 50 Cent Dre model and not the J model more often. And remember, out of those three, only one of them has the phone number of our former president. This is true. And at the same time, has an album up for album of the year at the Grammys. He is servicing both communities at the same time in an effort like he would admit to uplift the hip hop community while also attaining his monetary goals. And I don't think those need to be separate from each other. And let's be real too for a second. Cause when we talk about Dre signing artists and then dropping them, Jay Z is doing nothing but supporting his people. Like somehow Jay elect is still signed Jay Z. <laughs> like, man, let's be real. If, if Jay Z was just a mogul, he would have dropped a like, so long ago. Oh, but man. But Jay is clearly a fan of Jay Alec. He uh, still believes. so cool. He believes um, Jay Alec's dropping. And I think that one day Jay Alec will drop. But because he has someone who is behind the culture like Jay-Z. Right. Right. And to the point of people... Or to the point about people looking up to older mo moguls to see how they want to conduct their business. People do look to Jay-Z. I want to amend that. They do look to Jay-Z, but they look to the hustler mentality of getting your money. And by that, I mean there is a subset of rap history that is wrapped up in people who are hustlers before music. They bring that hustler mentality to the music business. They make business deals. They make a lot of money. That's a very shorthand way to explain that. And Jay-Z has been making songs about that for decades now. So that is part of his brand. And people look at that and they say, oh, the way to make a bunch of money is to cut 10 deals as quickly as possible. And then I'm not just an artist because I can make money in this venue and that venue and that venue. And what they don't realize is while Jay was doing that, he was dropping classic album after classic album. So to say that his hustling was the thing that was opening doors, I think is false. I think what it's opening it is we can't deny him because he's hot in these streets right now. And people love what he's saying. So I'm going to give him this opportunity because do you really think 
uh, John Smith uh, executive wants to do business with this former crack dealer? No, he doesn't. Okay. But because volume two just won best rap album and sold, you know, 3 million records, he's like, okay, well, his business is good for my business. Let's do this. And this goes back to my issue with younger rappers who get ahead of themselves and they say, I'm gonna cut this deal, but I don't have a classic. I got three dope songs on a mixtape and you know, 12 year olds know who I am, but their moms don't. So what am I doing? They don't say that to themselves. They think, no, nah, I'm hot. I'm getting 3000 clicks on YouTube. Like, yo, let's do this. And Sprite and Nautica and Gatorade, they're just using you, bro. They're just using you for your hot minute and then you'll be discarded next summer, I promise. And that's my thought on that. I think that that, that really speaks um, to the importance of, of the culture itself. Um, and why it's so important that like the brand building that was done even by people like Dre and 50 before was like it was about the music and that's that's relevant and important uh because if you do want to branch out um it is really important to kind of establish establish yourself right like build just basic credibility like to your point about like these kids moms don't know you yet and that means like you're unknown and it's important to get yourself known. And I think it brings back to, like, everybody wants money. You know, that's that's cool. I get it. I'm glad you're doing your thing and trying to get that money. Um, like, wanting money is too short-sighted. Um, and not to discount, like, all those musicians and rappers that are, like, out there struggling. Because, like, they're just trying to make it. Um, and, you know, props to y'all for putting in that work um and not getting rewarded for it and i'm sorry about that um but then to the people that do make it and then get short-sighted and are like time to drop the music and just make that money um one like they're less likely to be successful over time um and two now you're just doing this disservice to the culture too absolutely i think um there's a different layer to this hustler mentality, this new age hustler mentality that I was describing, which is the way that music is monetized now is a lot different than it used to be. So in a way, I want to give them a bit of an out or at least an ounce of understanding in that when Jay-Z was dropping classic after classic, he was making a ton of money off of those albums. And tours are an incredible uh, revenue stream. And it's hard in this day and age when you're a new artist and you're making your name on the internet, you can't go on tour and headline arenas when only 50,000 people know who you are. Like that's enough to get your foot in the door now because uh, we live in, a, in an internet rap age where clicks matter. But as far as ticket sales, that's not gonna get you anything. So part of their thinking I think is that if I get my name in these different arenas, um, not literal arenas, figurative arenas, that uh, that will up my Q rating and people will know who I am and I can make more money. And once I make more money, people know who I am. I can team with the NBA. I can go on tour in New York and LA. Like that's, that's another way to become who you want to become. And I get that, I get that, I, I really do. And I sympathize because people want, I think their, their reach extends their talent level a lot of the time. And people think because it's so easy to get onto the internet and post your songs and, you know, SoundCloud is free for everybody. 
um, shout out to our SoundCloud account that I never <laughs> had anything to. But um, because it's so accessible, the dudes are willing to overextend themselves. And I think it does a disservice to their ultimate goal because the lack of focus is detracting from the quality of whatever they're doing, even if it's not music. I think people aren't paying attention to the kinds of deals they're signing with people and they're being used, like I said before. And I think that's unfortunate. Focus. That's like the perfect word Um, because... And, like, if we were to, like, just for a second even, just, like, discount the culture, discount the importance of hip-hop, discount the importance of the music um, that artists are putting out, um, focus really hits on, like, actually why, if for no other reason, it would be so important to to hone your craft, right? We talk about 10,000 hours. If you're going to be an expert in something got to put in that 10,000 hours. Like, you know Kanye put that work in even before that first Yo, album. Five beats a day for three summers. That's a different world like three summers. Um, and so, you know, when if you are going to, like, start to branch out, right? And this comes back to this Andre um, article. He's not just, like, he's not, he's not doing, like, eight different things. He's like, what do I want to do? He's like looking for something he's got passion for. He's, he's yeah, he's in he's in a moment of reflection. And he's like, I'm gonna do these Anita Baker teas. Um and <laughs> Which are mad fly, by the way. The photos open the article just to look at the photos of the Anita Baker t shirts. Oh man, I would buy one in a hot second. They're probably hundred and fifty bucks. But Yeah. A little too expensive. But like and this comes back to, you know, Kanye. Like, you know, when he's going off about like the fact that he can't enter fashion, like dude is passionate about it. He's not just and, and this also comes back to like, you know, Kanye talking about all the debt he's in, but like he's got focus. Uh, like I I could be completely wrong about this, but I do not think Kanye cares that much about money. Like I think he likes living his lavish lifestyle, and that's cool. Uh, but, like, at the end of the day, I don't think he's, like, trying to be a billionaire. I don't think he cares about that. I think he wants to add to the world. Um, Absolutely. And there are definitely a lot of people who are going to disagree um, about that. But I really <laughs> think at, at the end of the day, Kanye is trying to add something. And that's that comes back to, like, why Jay is a good mogul. Um, and this is, like, why <laughs> Dre is not. Is he adding something with Beats by Dre? Those are shitty headphones that are overpriced. <sighs> Man, like, so overpriced. I know. <laughs> I've had two pair and just... Uh, they've both broken. So yeah. I'm not even an active dude. So that's not on me. That's on the actual manufacturing. Yeah. Um, not to talk about how the bass muddles out the music. So yeah. <laughs> this is tr- It's so bass heavy, man. Yeah. Like, can I get some mids? Where are the mids at? Anyway, um, you're really beefing with, with Dre today. I love this. <laughs> this is great. And, you know, I think it's important to say for a second, like, you know, like I respect the hell out of that dude. Um, like that dude came from nothing um i've read most of his biography um who i forget who it's written by um but like dude's been through it um i've made mad respect for him oh sorry (laughs) i bet they cover it in that doc that we didn't watch the jimmy iv and dr dre documentary yeah but we know about dre you know we know his history what he's been through we know we know he's been through it but like come on man now we know where you're at you were after that money and that's that's okay the apple money but i dislike it and i disapprove (laughs) (laughs) and that's fair because i i don't know i mean he successfully merged his identity with the apple identity which you know hopefully that continues to trend upwards for both of their sakes but i don't know what dr dre is actually about 
like I know what Jay Z's about, even when he's not dropping music. I know what he is pursuing. I know what his goals are. Jay Z wants to be a billionaire. A, which he is with his wife but by himself. He is not a billionaire. He's still trailing Diddy in uh, annual income. He's on a mission to pass Diddy. I know that for a fact. And he's also mentioned that his goal is to uplift his culture at every turn. Like when he's in the boardroom, he is there for all of us, all the brown people out there. He is repping. And I don't know if that's what Dr. Dre is doing. I think Dr. Dre, from his choices and the few things I've heard him say, he's concerned about getting that money. And again, if that's what you want to do, that's cool. As a, as a person, that's cool. But I think it does a disservice to the hip-hop culture and what it means to be a hip-hop mogul. So I agree with your beef that you have with Dre's choices. And to be Dr. Dre. Like, to be the person who the hip-hop community was waiting for. Was waiting, waiting, waiting for. And then, like, out of nowhere comes Compton, which wasn't Detox. Um, and... And, and, you know, wasn't that great? I mean, and which is fine. Like, no one expected, like, the perfect album. But it would be cool to, like, just, like, know that, like, Dre still cared about that community and that culture. It would. Um, and I just don't think I see it. I want to transition and talk about who the person that I think is he's the forerunner to what Jay-Z has become and what I think he would have been had he lived long enough and that's my man Tupac Shakur who is the godfather of crossing over he put out classic after classic and then was offered roles in movies and what did he do crushed he crushed those movies are so they're beloved by an entire generation if not two and this is a misstep that i wanted to mention also with rappers who venture into the acting realm the roles that tupac accepted were within first of all his range of acting he did not take a role that was beyond his reach he knew what he could what he was capable of and he executed perfectly he also knew the size of film to choose for himself. He didn't go join you know, the big chill and play like a supporting character and drive someone around in a limousine. He's like, no, I'm going to do this smaller film with my man Omar. And I'm going to play the most sadistic <laughs> uh, dude in high school that you've ever seen. And it's going to be a hit it's gonna be classic bro it's gonna be a cult classic and then he also goes on and does poetic justice also a smaller film i mean obviously janet jackson is one of the biggest people like in the world at that point but that film did not have a huge budget and it's an intimate story and he's like yo i'm a poet i'm an artist i'm gonna speak through this medium in a way that is digestible for the people that follow me and in a way that leads to where i want to go that doesn't happen now what happens is a rapper will have a modicum of success. Their people will get a phone call from a studio who's making a film, usually something with a medium-sized to large budget, uh, a generic story, something about like a bank robbery, or it's uh, it's sort of like a, a middle-brow comedy. And they'll say, we would love your guy to play drug dealer X or funny hitman Y. And the artist is like, 
that makes a lot of sense because I'm having some success musically. I want to have success elsewhere. Sign me up. I'll do this. And then they go in their fourth banana in this movie and it's not good. And they're not good in it. And then the next thing you know, that's the end of their career. Or they parlay that into only making terrible movies. And when you make terrible movies as fourth banana, it undercuts everything that you are purporting in your music. Because in rap, you are the star. Everything you say is fact. Every word out of your mouth is building your mythos as a rapper. So when you go into this other film written by someone else who writes your mythos for you and you look like a lame, your career takes the hit. And I'm thinking specifically of T.I. when I say a lot of this stuff because T.I. was that dude. Jay and I, we were just talking about this before the, the pod started, how much we love T.I. But he was that dude for like three or four straight records. And then ATL came out and we loved him in that because that was like his story. But after that, it's just like heist movie and comedy stuff and reality TV show where you look, it's just so weak, dude. And then it, people just stop caring as much about what you say on wax. Like you're still a good rapper and that's great. And TI is an exception in that way because a lot of people aren't good enough to come back and still have something of a rap career, but he's never been the same. And I think that's too bad. One of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking about this and educating me, uh, was Eminem again and how he took one role. Um, just the one, just the one. Um, and like, you know, there was a lot of rumors for a while that he was going to be the boxer in Southpaw. Um, and you know, for probably a variety of reasons, he ended up turning it down. Uh, but I think it just shows like how careful and thoughtful he is about like the roles he takes on. And like, dude, I mean like dude's a white, face and like is a brand oh yeah he if he had expressed even an inkling of interest in being in movies i'm sure they would start placing him and so i think it's it's really cool to kind of like as a counter example to people that are like just like itching to get into movies and to like build that brand like to see that like you can have some restraint in this arena and like really benefit from being focused in what you take on as you mentioned with Pac, and also I haven't seen those Pac movies. Oh, no, Jay. <laughs> There's so many things you need to educate me on, Patrick. There really is. But you have a good excuse for not knowing these things. I mean, you know, you had a, a different cultural experience growing yeah. up than I did. I was so. watching Shah Rukh Khan at that time. Which I haven't seen, so maybe yeah, we'll trade. Yeah, that's an actor, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, my point exactly. <laughs> okay, Jay just schooled me. I need to really get on this. That's his Bollywood stuff, right? Yeah, it felt good, though, because like I was definitely in balance there for a second. Oh, that that like, restored okay. the balance a little bit. Uh, All right, we're yeah. equally yoked once again. Um, so I'm going to get on some of that stuff. We're going to trade off. You're going to watch Above the Rim and hopefully enjoy it. But I think you bring up a good point again about M being very selective. And I think that speaks to two people that come to mind. One is Drake, who comes from an acting background. So people know already that he is game to act. And he's mentioned it several times since his rap career started that he is interested in acting again at one point. That point is quickly approaching. He's talked about it again recently. But he focused on building his rap brand which you can do if you're interested in branding, you can focus on one part of what you're doing because it drives up the demand in other areas for one. And two, it improves the quality of the overall brand, which is your name. 
So Drake is high quality across the board. Everything he does is incredibly, impeccably well done. Another person, going back to the reason we've been talking about this, Andre 3000. He has not dropped an album in, I think, 15 years, going on 15 years. Love Below came out in 2003. But he was on Idlewild, wasn't he? Yeah, okay, this sort of goes to my point. Of like, he hasn't dropped an official album, but he's done the soundtrack for Idlewild. I guess Co did the soundtrack. Um, and he's dropped incredibly good guest verses on songs for the last decade. He'll show up once or twice a year, drop a dope verse, and people are like, man, we really want some more Andre. Right? So when he does a movie, you know, the interest is there. The, the talent level, there's some disparity between his ability to act uh, and his desire to act. But that's beside the point. I don't want to begrudge his attempt at acting because he's doing, he's following the Pac model actually, which is choosing movies that suit um, your aspirations. So he does like a quiet Jimi Hendrix movie. He works with Guy Ritchie, people who are auteurs or at least used to be. And that's what he fancies himself to be. He fancies himself an auteur of rap music. So I don't begrudge him at all. And I think those two people are excellent people to look at in terms of how to focus your material to achieve what you hope to achieve. Because when Drake decides to act, like he's producing shows right now, when he decides to star in something, he's going to get whatever he wants to do. He doesn't have to bend to anyone's will. This is completely true. Um, and, and I think still, it keeps coming back to this point that, you know, it's fair game to use hip hop as your platform. But like recognize that that's an important platform to use. Don't jump too early. Stay focused. This is just a this is just good advice for all those young rappers out there. All of them listening. All, <laughs> all you guys, yo. All one of you that's listening. <laughs> just you know, take notes. Um, so I want to. We're talking. We're already dancing around the subject of rapper actors. So I want to talk about something really quickly. Um just because I'm curious about what people think about this all the time. And that is who is a good rapper actor and who is a bad one? Because I feel in, in the, in the very small minority of people who don't enjoy when rappers show up on screen nine times out of 10. So I just want to touch base. My man, Jay, tell me if I'm crazy and I'll tell you if you're deluded and um, give me some people that you think are holding it down and people that maybe aren't. So I'm, Basically gonna cheat for my first answer. Okay. Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what you bring that's oh, that's great that you said that because that brings up a good point. Which is before there was Tupac, even there was Will Smith. Will Smith started acting uh, I wanna say in the mid nineties or was it early nineties? I forget when um Six Degrees of Separation came out. That was his first film. And I think Will's, actually, Will Smith is the anti-Tupac in this way. He put out some music. It was fine. It was fine. I mean, thank God it came out as early as it did because he didn't get killed for how corny it is. I love Will Smith. Um, but when he got the chance to act, first of all, he did exactly what I recommended, which is taking a smaller film, taking a role that you know you can kill, and he killed it. That was an Academy Award-nominated film. And then he parlayed that into other films that suited his talents. And he was always starring in them. He took no supporting roles. He does not do that, which is a, 
a way that you control the narrative around how you are viewed when you do a film. If it's starring you, you have to look good. And if you look bad, it's on purpose, and it's very dramatic, and you get a lot of acclaim for it. Will Smith is another anomaly, and people try to model themselves after Will Smith, and they should not do that. They should not do that, because Will Smith is a unicorn, and some of these dudes are just ponies. And that's all there is to say about that. But go ahead. That's your answer. Will Smith. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, that, that, that's... That's it? That's, that's, that's your that's, only good rapper what, actor? What, what, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you wanted me to say more about oh. Will Smith or something. No, you don't like, have I mean, to. I think, like, Will Smith's cool. Um, <laughs> Will Smith's mad cool. Yeah. His son doesn't know how to make um, rap albums, but that's okay. So other rapper actors, I think... I, well, see, this is... I think this is an interesting point of, like, a question. Um, ludicrous. Oh, Luda. Luda. Okay. Who uh, has like entered into a franchise and in some ways, so he's a supporting role, but in a lot of ways he has control over how his character is viewed because he's done it over multiple movies. This is true. Um, and, you know, there's not too much pressure on the role, but he's like well-known. He's a well-known face. Although I wonder if the current like teen young adult generation knows who Luda is. I don't you definitely think don't so. know Luda the way we know Luda. No. If you don't know Luda with the braids, you don't know Luda. Yeah. And these kids don't know Luda with the braids. What, 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 what's your fantasy to see? <laughs> yeah, they don't know Luda. They really um, don't, though. So I mean, they, he hasn't been Luda with the braids since, I want to say, 2006. I think this is the problem, too, because you figure out what people are doing and why they're doing it. Ludacris won Rap Album of the Year for release therapy i think that was the 06 07 grammys and after that downhill man because he his acceptance speech he says it's about dang time that i got this i think he beat ti for king that year which is like oh oh disrespectful fascinating i know you know Uh, a lot about this i i couldn't tell you why i know it but i do um and i think that was because he'd already been in one fast and furious movie before that but he hadn't been in one for a minute. And then they brought him back not long after he won that Grammy. And I think he just decided, yo, I, I climbed to the top of the rap game. Where else is there to go? I'm done with that. Now, he granted, he still releases projects. They're not very good. Uh, which is why people don't know him as primarily a rapper anymore. And he's also parlayed himself into something of a mogul. I think the word mogul is thrown around too loosely in uh, the business world of hip hop. Like, just owning a couple of businesses makes you a mogul. And no, he's just an entrepreneur. Uh, Ludacris is an entrepreneur, and he knows how to sign good deals. Um, but he's spread that wealth around. He's he's married a, a solid lady. He doesn't have any drama. So all that old stuff is from a bygone era now. And I would say he doesn't make good movies. I mean, I watch every Fast Furious movie that comes out. But I wouldn't say he's killing it in there. I would say Tyrese is killing it. Which is odd, uh, because I think if Tyrese had a music career to speak of right now, he'd be in a in a great spot. Because to me, he's the I was gonna say the black star of the movie, but The Rock is in it now, so <laughs> that's not true. But um, compared to Ludacris, I think he's he's made a bigger mark on the franchise, and his career as a musician could be better as a result. But and his yeah. role is way bigger than Luda's is. Yeah, he got Generally. a co-starring role in an yeah. entire movie, uh, which people don't talk about. Like, Ludacris was like, they're made to be equals now, but when they were first in the same movie together, Ludacris is like some bit dude, and Tyrese was the co-headliner in that movie. 
anyway rest in peace paul walker r.i.p <laughs> um so, right. so your answers are will smith and ludicrous just to clear that up those, those are, your, those those are, are my two answers pros. yeah <laughs> okay okay um i'm gonna counter the will smith and luda and say um okay this is more of a guilty pleasure i shouldn't start out this way but i'm going to dmx dmx is a guilty pleasure rapper actor and that's because he i mean no one's gonna say that dmx is like an amazing thespian okay but what he is is a dude that knows again knows his limitations he's a realist when it comes to choosing his roles damn homie i respect the fuck out of your shit man uprise i'm gonna see that soon as i get out man yo man thanks a lot man i'm a big fan of yours too one thing i really respect about you while i fuck with you for real son is that you won't let the industry box you in. We're pretty much on some same shit, yo. I'm kinda tired of rapping, man. Plus, I got so much more to offer. Every time you see him, he's basically playing DMX. But man, who doesn't want to see DMX be DMX, you know? <laughs> and that's that's great. Like, if he's a killer, if he's a dad, he's just DMX. I mean, he's usually playing a killer slash dad in a lot of these movies. But he knows what's up because that's the life that he comes from. He can he can lend authenticity to it. In that same vein, Method Man. He's found a great TV career. Some of his comedy stuff is like hit or miss. But when he's acting, he is Method Man. And we love Method Man as a brand, going back to what we're talking about, and as sort of a, a comedian with a dangerous edge. And that's what he plays time after time after time, and he executes so well. Let you go, go home, kiss your wife, eat your baby's fruit loops and shit. Um, so those are my first two. Um, okay, tell me somebody that sucks in your mind. I mean, sucks is maybe strong for you, but tell me someone that you mm-hmm. uh, maybe disapprove of their output. <laughs> disapprove of their actor output. Riza. Riza, man. So it sounds like you've got some thoughts here. <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay, I'm just going to say this one thing, and I want you to say something because I'm talking way too much. But RZA is a dude that he he sort of has the opposite problem that a lot of people have, which is he he knows what he wants, and he has a vision for everything that he does, but he doesn't know that he doesn't have to be in everything that he makes. But he wants so badly to be a part of this vision in his brain that he'll put himself in it regardless and it makes it not as good. And I feel bad for him because I know how strongly he feels about some of these concepts and he loves to marry hip-hop culture and Asian culture together, especially Kung Fu lore. And he's just... As someone who spent hours and hours and hours researching Kung Fu films, not myself, but the RZA, he knows how to execute one. And it, when he does it, it's great, except for when he's in it. And it, it's just, it sucks, man. I don't even know if that's a good or a bad example, but he's just a dude that I feel for. Especially as a guy with like a speech impediment, kind of. Mm-hmm. Whatever we're calling it. We've never talked about it as a community of what's going on with the, with how Rizza talks. <laughs> but it's something, you know, we know it's something. Uh, but yeah, maybe that's part of why he wants to be in it. To be like, yo, people always make fun of how I talk. And I'm going to just be a star of this movie. I don't care. And that's, trust me, the way he speaks is the least of his problems. <laughs> his films. But anyway. Oh okay, now go God. ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, I am like, 
running through rappers in my head and just trying to like think about who's like a bad rapper actor. 50 comes to mind. 50's not good. Yeah. Which is weird because he couldn't even do the Eminem thing of like starring in your own story. Right. That, that didn't work out well for him. No, he was not yeah. that great in that movie. Yeah, but he keeps acting. He does. He's on power now. Yeah. Regularly. Um, I can give you some suggestions if you're blanking. I will say, though, his little bit as Black Spider-Man, it was like this little short clip on MTV. And I definitely sent it to you. Don't make that face. Uh, I'm sorry, on BET. Um, was dope. Hello? You have a knack for getting in trouble. <laughs> and you have a knack for saving my life. I think I have a superhero stalker. I was just in the neighborhood. Do I get to thank you this time? Oh. What? Nothing. It's just, um, you're not what I expected. By that you mean white? No. No. Maybe. You know, I sh- should have figured, because you can jump so high. I can jump high because I was bitten by a radioactive spider. Of course. Of course. I'm sorry. And after my uncle got shot, I vowed to use my powers to fight crime. Your uncle got shot? And your parents? Also killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't seem to be surprised. I feel like it's because I'm black. No. When did you send that to me? <laughs> I don't know. Weeks ago. This should be a PSA for anybody who sends me a link to anything. I'm a busy dude. And oh, I, I uh-huh. see your link and I tell myself, I'm going to watch it later. Uh-huh. And then, you know, things just come up and then you text me more and then it gets buried. And mm-hmm. this is actually on Apple for, you know how you can click on that thing and see like all the pictures someone sent you? There should be a thing where you can click on it to the links somebody has sent you. That would be amazing. Yeah, I will say Apple phones, you know, trash. Just total trash. trash. Notification tray is trash. I no longer blame any of my friends who have iPhones for not getting back to me because I've found out that it's just trash. Man, rest in peace to Steve Jobs, wherever you at, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, Tim Cook, fixed that notification tray. Yo, seriously. No, he's too fascinated by animal faces. That's not happening. Animojis is where the popularity is at. Um, sorry, got totally off track. Um, bad rapper actors. Yeah, Fifty Cent was your example. Um, Fifty was an example of mine. Can we talk um, about Common? Common. Yo, Common wants it so bad. He I, wants it really bad. I love Lonnie. Lonnie's given us a lot of amazing music. Okay, like he was on a great streak up until Universal Mind Control, which is not good. But everything before that was really good, and uh, he ventured into acting somewhere around the tail end of that. And it's just, his, he's too flat. I don't, it's, it's odd because his rap personality is so emotive and his on-screen personality is so bland. I don't know where the disconnect happens, but Lonnie's sloughing, bro. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Bow Wow. Oh. Yeah, I know. We don't really think of him as a rapper. He's on one of the CSIs or NCISs or something like that. I think he's on like What's CSI the last Louisiana. Big song or that he had. Fresh as I'm is. I have no clue. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't he did know. a song with Sierra that was big. He did. Um, What's that song? That was like when he I think dropped it's a like little. Like you. Was it called Like You? That sounds right. Yeah. I think that was the last big one. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You got if it. If I okay, do any more, I have to like pay for the song. Um, like oh, you know what I was, thinking? <laughs> I was thinking about? So not bad rapper actors, but like just bad. And sorry, not bad. Interesting. I was thinking John Legend because he doesn't fall oh, in yeah. the rapper category, but musician. He's definitely in the hip hop realm. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I thought he was solid in La La Land. That's the only thing I've seen him in, though. Yeah. Has he been in more stuff? What did I watch? Oh, Matthew was in Master of None. He That's was? That's kind of cool, actually. I mean, he played himself, so. Oh. How did how did they run into each other? He was at the Chef Jeff dinner party. Oh, Chef Jeff. Yeah, and he right. Well, wait. I've got thoughts for after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I I want to pour one out for what could have been Lauren Hill's acting career because she was amazing in Sister Act too, and uh, like a starring role in a movie, and she crushed it. We all love that soundtrack. Shout out to Gambino. <gasps> Gambino, there we go. Also up for what album of the year? Yo, black folks killing it in 2017. Dude, Grammys finally got the idea. They got it. I Fuck know. It. If, if Swift, let me tell you right now. If, no wait, is she up for album of the year? Who? Taylor, Taylor Swift? Swift? No. No, she's not on there. Okay, cool. No, it came out too recently. <sighs> okay, all right, cool. Next year though, I'm sure I'm gonna, she'll be I'm going to tell you right now though. I, I'm going to have mixed feelings if Lord wins. <sighs> That's tough. Because I know. that project is fucking good. It's really good. It's so good. Who doesn't like Lord? Lord's dope. Lord's amazing. And she's woke. But it's... And she's woke. Mm-hmm. And she's like 19. I know. God. Wise beyond her but, years. But man, Kendrick needs it. Uh, Kendrick deserves it. He does. I actually have mixed feelings if Jay-Z won. Tell Jay-Z shouldn't win. He shouldn't no, win. Jay-Z album shouldn't of the win. Year. Like, or be best clear. rap album of the year. Yeah. No, no, no. It, the best rap album of the year goes to Kendrick. Like, if he doesn't Hands win down. that, everything's broken. Hands down. Um... Because he, he at least won that for To Put a Butterfly, right? Album of the year? No. So like rap album Best of rap the year. album? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he did. Okay, uh-huh. okay, yeah. Cool. So not everything's broken, at least. but No. The part of that was the makeup vote for not voting Good Kid and giving it to Macklemore. Oh, which we've also talked about so many two back-to-back. I'm so angry <laughs> right now. I hate talking about the Grammys. We, we need to have a Grammy watching party. We will. We're going to have one. Okay. Oh, over the phone. Because I won't be here. But Where, When is it? It's in February. Oh, that's too far away. <laughs> you don't make plans two months from now no not I, at all yeah just six months from now from, you know my birthday. for your birthday which i still haven't confirmed that's cool um so i think that's probably good enough we could go on and on about rapper actors yeah bottom line is most of them aren't good for, i think for a lot of the reasons that we talked about overextension um not being selective enough in the projects that you take on just wanting to get that SAG card is not a good enough reason to be in a film like you will have many opportunities as long as you continue to excel in your area of uh, in your area of artistic output that you've chosen for yourself it doesn't have to be a rapper but if you're a musician just keep making hits or keep making music that's true to who you are who you are and what you want your brand to be there will be other opportunities I promise you yep they will open up so all I said I think that's about it. We had a nuanced conversation about moguls, and, you know, I, I think that the conclusions here are like, you know, you summed it up pretty well, and this idea that there's good moguls and bad moguls, and if you're going to do it right, got to support the culture. Absolutely. Shout out to Andre 3000 for still supporting black culture with those Nita Baker tees. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, pour one out for 3000 Hope that we get that album before he dies. We don't have to wait for those hard drives on his computer. When he's that just Frank like, Ocean album, too. Ooh, Frank, where you at, bro? I want that fifth album before 2018. It's not anyway. before 2018. Come on, man. Oh, I don't know. Big Sean's dropping before 2018. That's what he says. 
him and Metro Boomin. You know, my favorite dude. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, this has been Brown Kids. Mad witty. And uh, we'll catch you on episode three. Cheers.